We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Join us today. It's a big wrestling podcast. None other than producer Cole, baby, in the house. Well, actually, he's in his house in L.A. He's doing some uh, reconnaissance for us in L.A. already, a month early before Mania. That's how dedicated he is to the craft, that he moved out there in August in preparation of this WrestleMania season. That's when your road to WrestleMania started, Cole. So we, we appreciate you for doing that. Again, we had a great show. Shout out to Brett Lawson joining me earlier in the week, Tuesday. Great MMA show recapping the UFC pay-per-view and much more. Talk boxing, talk Rihanna, Super Bowl, all that stuff. Check that out if you haven't. But this is all about wrestling. It's all about Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk a little bit about AEW as well um, and the happenings going on there this week. Kind of the product as a whole. A couple of rumors in the pro wrestling world as we creep towards WrestleMania. But it's official, Dre. We're hype. Promotions are starting to roll out west. We have GCW in Vegas this weekend. Going to be in L.A. later this weekend, I believe. Like Saturday. They're in Vegas Friday. L.A. Saturday and Sunday. And then next week we have Impact coming out west. ROH is gearing up for a Mania Week pay-per-view that looks stacked. We have... Shit, New Japan doing a show in L.A. with Mercedes Monet on, on, on the show, but they stacked the rest of that show, too. So that show is going to be crazy. They have uh, a mixed show going on WrestleMania weekend. Every The pro wrestling world is just whirlwinding towards the West, and it feels like the next month we're in it. Every wrestling promotion, we're in the thick of it. Yeah, it's, it's busy. It's a busy time. You know, we got SmackDown in Vegas a week before... WrestleMania, it's a uh, god damn, it's a lot of wrestling. But I ain't mad. I ain't mad. Like, what does what it be mad about? It's, it's, it's what we live for. Yeah, usually I'm complaining about some of this shit, but you know, between the road to WrestleMania and WWE and then uh, Ring of Honor, like you mentioned, and all the indie shows that are happening that weekend, and then right after Mania, you got about a, a breather for a month and it's double or nothing in Vegas. It's, it's, it's a good time to be a pro wrestling fan, man. Good really. time. Pro- Cole. How are you feeling uh, about our road to WrestleMania 
And I, I feel like this is as good of a time as ever to let the people know. Next week, producer Cole Bebe in studio with us. Right back here, Blue Wire Studios. He's coming down. We're hanging out. We're going to Impact Wrestling. Cole, are you all in? Are you bought? No pun intended. Are you bought in on this Mania season and all the promotions and everything going into it? A hundred million gajillion percent. You know, I, I think I, I remember this time last year, and I think even even for the week before WrestleMania, all three of us were previewing the event and it was almost like we were going through each event going like, well, I don't know why that's really going on. I don't know why this match is happening. And, and like the build for this has been all over the place. And, um, you know, it really feels like this year we've had a really good, like we've had the idea of what the structure was going to be, uh, for the road to WrestleMania this year. Um, as, as kind of the bricks were laid down by triple H and, this whole thing and then Cody Rhodes coming in um, really feels like we haven't had on a WWE sense a real constructed sense to a road to WrestleMania in quite some time uh, to the to the point where Elimination Chamber has always been this weird pay-per-view they've stuck in the middle uh, between Royal Rumble and, uh, and and WrestleMania and then sometimes they've done like Fastlane and stuff like that and it's usually the pay-per-views in between that are not that exciting, but this Elimination Chamber's got a whole lot of storylines going into it that, you know, whether we think we know the endings or not, are at least intriguing, um, which is a credit to them to make the Elimination Chamber not feel so kind of uh, roped into it just is here to be here. Um, it really does kind of feel like an event on its own. And then, yeah, like you said, everybody's coming out West. It, it is, uh, it is the, the, everyone is taking the grand adventure all the way out here. Obviously, Impact's going to be in Vegas next week. Um, Impact is also booked a show on the Thursday of WrestleMania week out here uh, with New Japan. So it's it's there's going to be a whole all kinds of excitement, and this is going to be really the first time that that I'm really going to be experiencing all the chaos that goes with a WrestleMania weekend. The closest I I, I came was going to like my first couple indie shows that I'd really ever gone to in person when it was in New York and New Jersey. Uh, but I was not nearly the wrestling fan and, or in, in it to win it as, as much as I am now. So I'm ready. Let's just, it's your wrestling fan. It is straight injected into the bloodstream season right now. It's you, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to have a lack of wrestling right now. Cole is so ready for this season that he hmm. cut off his heel hair and he's gone full baby face <laughs> with the comb over. That's how hype and bought in Cole is right now. You know, uh, it was a dramatic uh, hair versus hair match. Um, you know, go ahead and fantasy book whoever lost the hair versus hair match with. But uh, you know, through a table off a off a ladder, it was it was dramatic. And uh, for some reason, then it compels me to go back to Vegas, where um, you know, uh, violent things have happened to me in uh, parking lots and studios. So. You know, I'm not really quite sure if my head's really all there uh, at the moment. Uh, it seems like I, my sense of judgment is maybe not all there. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is gone. It is a is a new look. It's gotten mixed re- mixed results, mostly positive. And if anything has been negative, it's been uh, it's been okay. It looks good, but why? <laughs> and you know, that's a. You know, that's, that's isn't that the grand question of life? I can tell you this: you didn't lose the hair versus hair match to us. 
No. We can't blame this one on us. <laughs> we we were not in on this. No. So uh, I, I applaud you for having any hairstyle that you'd like. Because you know what? I got one. Dre's had one forever. He mixes up the beard every now and then. It, it goes from I'm, long I'm still, beard I'm to still short bringing, beard. I'm still bringing the hair game for the podcast, guys. So don't worry about good, it. It's good. all good. It's still there. You know, I'm good. I, I like the hair. Don't cut the beard again. You cut the beard last time. That threw me all the way off. Yeah. You keep the beard. Do whatever you want with your hair. <laughs> So, <laughs> Dre was not happy. That. No, 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 no. That, the look I got, so there was one thing I was getting the look from you, Kel, but then I saw the look from Dre and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, I don't <laughs> approve. Who that's, is this man? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah that's exactly. Heal, no facial hair. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. No, Dominic no. Mysterio. I got a lot. I got a lot of heat. Uh, a lot, a lot of bad. That's not good heat. That's not good wrestling heat. No, no that's that, that Corbin heat. Yeah, don't do that's, that. That's yeah. like go home heat. Yeah. Go home and grow some that's fucking facial hair. We wrote Cole off for a couple months yeah. until the hair grew back. It's like Elias. No, that was the Elias. It's yep. Elias. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. You, and, you and Otis <laughs> and yeah. Elias. Like, e- Ezekiel showed up for a little bit and yeah. then I had, to, I had to go back and dig out of the grave and become Elias again. <laughs> Before we jump into WWE Elimination Chamber, which is a ton to talk about, AW Dynamite happened last night. It's, I don't, I don't again, I've been telling you how much I've enjoyed the product lately. They've been riding a ship. This might be the worst dynamite I saw in, bro, like a year. It, it, it was a weird show. It's like, yo, Revolution is a week away. Right? Yeah, it's so not a good time to have your worst show. And we know we're getting MGF and Danielson. MGF with another good promo. It's definitely not the promo was last week. It was still a good promo. You can't do that again. No, you, you can't, people you can't kill people twice. Yes. Um, but then the Hangman Moxie stuff is weird, how it shook out. Dark Order coming out. I was like, where the fuck have you guys been? Uh, that was strange. Uh, we got this really long six-man tag where Moxley bleeding becoming is like, it's regular. He's got to stop bleeding. I don't even know if he can. I don't know if Moxley can show up anywhere and not bleed. He probably bleeds when he goes to sleep with Renee at night. <laughs> it's like Nate Diaz scar tissue. Yeah, it's absurd. So that... Uh, the the women's match was this. This is all very strange with Ruby Soho and Soraya and Britt Baker. It's all like this is weird. The Warlow promo was like, all right, that's cool. I'm interested in the match with him and Joe because Joe's been hot. But man, I don't know. This dynamite was strange. Lucha I- Bros coming back out of nowhere was like, where the hell have y'all been? That was weird. So yeah, y'all lost the trios titles and they come back and they just jump in randomly and it was like, all right. It's a weird dynamite, man. I'm looking forward to Revolution, but man, it was a weird dynamite. Yeah, it, you look at it and they're booking Rampage super strong this week, kind of trying to lead into it, which usually isn't the case. But it's on at like a random time. It's not their usual time slot. So you're putting all this on an hour of Rampage. It's like four good matches, but like how much time are they going to get? Is anyone going to see it? It's damn near the hour right before the go-home show, I think. It's right before SmackDown. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's hard enough to get views on Friday anyway. Then you should have just booked Dynamite Heavy and kind of have Rampage be what it normally is. I understand you have two more before it's your go-home show. But it just left like a, a weird, weird taste in my mouth. And then I like the elite, you know, trios thing. And of course, running that back um, on Rampage. But now we're getting the vignettes and they did the cut in for Malachi Black 
in the House of Black. And I was like, dope. But that exact structure you for Bray Wyatt like two months ago. I was like, I, it's not that you can't do those similar things. Like it's been happening in pro wrestling forever. But if there's anyone Malachi Black has been so closely compared to and attached to as a character, it's been Bray Wyatt. I would say don't do anything Bray just did. It's, it's an awkward position for that. Granted, I, it should be their belts. It should be for the taking. Hopefully, it's here in Vegas. And it's that nice, slow build. Because um, you don't want to build that in a week. But I, I like the tease. I like how that went down. Yeah, everything just seems like a little disjointed. Which is odd when you have such a good feud at the top. Usually, your feud at the top carries everything. But even this week, with MGF just made an appearance. Danielson... It, it's just something is off there. And I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I don't believe Danielson is going to take the belt off of him right now. There's just so many different pieces. It gave Moxley, like you mentioned, with Hangman. That really doesn't work for me. Like, since the injury, I've kind of been, like, weird about those two being in the ring. But you still didn't, like, play off of that story enough. Like, Dark Order coming out is, like, great. No, it, fe- it felt like... Moxley and Hangman shouldn't have had that match before, and they should have built towards this match of revolution. I mean, they're doing a Texas death match. It's like everything in between is like, I don't understand why we're doing this. Like, the Dark Order coming out was a very strange, why is Evil Uno here? Why are they so pissed off? And it was like, he's got friends. It was like, for real? Even he was like, I forgot about you, motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, it was a very, I don't know, the the Hangman and Moxley, like, while I I like the idea of the match, the feud ain't, Hitting. Uh, and every feud for Moxley is a Texas death match. Yeah, it's so like, like what what are we doing? Yeah, and, and what is that? I I don't know. What is Darby Allen doing? We saw a Christian that came back and attacked Jungle Boy. Well, Jack Perry. Yeah. Not Jungle Boy anymore. He's Jack Perry. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Ass Boys and the Acclaim. Now it's going to be a fatal four-way match. With two random teams that they're building in a week. And you got to wonder. FTR got to be one of them. Yeah. First of all, if anybody was dumb enough to, to fall for that Photoshop trick, they was like, oh, look, Harwood's posting a WWE contract in his little... Oh, yeah, that was funny. Though. Yeah, a lot of people sank their teeth in that, but FTR should be coming back sometime soon. I don't know when, but yeah. I mean, as we talk more about Revolution, well, the bill, but this Dynamite was like nothing to write home about. Like, if I was doing Busted Open this week, like I did last week, and I gave the show of the week, the weekly winner, to Dynamite, because I thought Dynamite was really good, despite how great... The Cody and Heyman promo was? Yeah. I thought Dynamo was a great show top to bottom. Not this week. No. It's <laughs> definitely not this week. Cole, what was your thoughts on Dynamite from uh, Wednesday? Kind of feels like uh, we almost like jumped, jumped the shark last week with, with the Dynamite. And it almost felt like the last week's Dynamite almost could have, especially for the top feud, could have been kind of a go-home show going into the pay-per-view. But now we have two more weeks to kind of fill here where we've got to figure out, all right, we kind of know what we're doing, but now we need to have like a reason to wait a couple weeks and not do it this weekend. So it, it almost feels like they kind of they kind of jumped the gun with with a few of these feuds, I think. I think that goes alongside too for, for Hangman and Mox. They're kind of trying to figure out a way to extend this to get it to... Uh, to get it to revolution. And, uh, you know, it's as simple as they really don't even need to be in the ring with each other anymore. It's simple as like, all right, you've won one and I've won one. Let's break the tie and call it a day. Like done. That's, that's, that's all you need to do. They're, they, it feels like they're, 
like whether whether the feud's doing it for you or not like that's the simplest way to do it and then but like throwing in dark order back in here just to kind of help extend the feud is very confusing and that's it it sucks because like the the dark order was such a big part of 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 hangman page's tenure going to the top but we never see them on tv anymore so they've so cooled off you know it's it's just a good example of you know it's not like someone just shows up and the and the heat's right back on for for everybody there are very few wrestlers or factions that can do that um and that was just not a case that was it felt like a case of just wrong place wrong time for for all that to occur because like again one of hangman's most memorable memorable moments is his entrance with with the dark order and that's that was a long time ago so yeah it just it, it feels like we're just kind of buying time to get to uh to, to to get to the pay-per-view and and i think if they were having this special time start time on on friday um it, it feels like maybe they overcompensated to kind of uh you know uh, fill fill that hour with something and maybe you know fl- flavor up that rampage and kind of leave dynamite to kind of be what it was so um yeah i think it's it, we're we're kind of just buying time to get to the pay-per-view so it was like it was a fine dynamite it was certainly not a memorable one and it feels like we've been a little bit spoiled where we're getting something memorable each week um that we're that we're kind of taking home with us but uh yeah, some of these feuds too are just in really confusing spots. I really don't understand what's going on with the with the Ruby in in the middle of Soraya and Why Tony and Britt and Jamie. I don't I don't understand like what, what are the stakes there? Who who does what what person want? I don't get it. Um, Ricky Starks and Jericho is still a thing. Why is Ricky need a rematch with someone he's beaten? I don't. Uh, you know, there's a lot of confusing spots that I think we just kind of, I think we're ready. We're ready to get to Revolution and get the show on the road. Definitely. Real quick, we're going around the horn. Adam Cole talks Renee in the back, cuts a promo. Looks like he's going to get a surprise opponent. If you had to go right now, who is your surprise opponent? Dude, I I don't know. Like, this is, this, this is the question I was going to ask before you even asked that. I was going to say, who's Jay Cargill wrestling? And your answer would be like, I don't know. Red Velvet? Maybe? It, they already did that. On right? She was just on the podcast yesterday. I forgot the name of the podcast. I'm, I'm sorry. She was a guest on someone's podcast. And uh, the quote's like surfacing around the internet now. She was like, I'm ready for the feuds with the Britt Bakers, with the Soraya. I'm, I'm ready. I'm at that level now. Like, they can take the tra- training wheels off of me. I need a statement feud. Because that's what it meant to, you know, be undefeated for so long. She's like, but I need a statement. I need to feud with these people, and then it'll mean something. Like, Goldberg only squashed people for so long. Then it was like, okay, we're going to give him somebody of the top of the card to squash, and it validates that. There shouldn't be Ruby Soho going back and forth between Soraya. Soraya can have her own feud while Tony Storm is in this. And Soraya could be the person, and she should have been the person, to put Jade over. But that's, that's but then point. they turned her heel and then it made no sense. But the point is, I don't know who Jay's working. I don't know who Jamie Hayter's working. I don't know who Orange Cassidy's working. I don't know who Darby Allen's working. I don't know. Champions. Yeah, it, like, I don't know who anybody's. Like, I can't see a path. In two weeks, you got to build some other matches. It's too late. Like, and I, I love AEW because whatever match they put in the ring delivers. 
But sooner or later, it comes too many successions of random matches for no reason. Because now we get closer to pay-per-view, and I'm always like, oh, give them time. They'll build it. You get closer to pay-per-view, nothing makes sense. Because every week, you're just putting on four-star banger, five-star banger. Four, I, I get it. But sooner or later, you have to make stuff make sense if you have weekly episodic television. It just, I, like, I don't know, the elite are working uh, Top Flight and AR Fox again on Dynamite. I just saw that, though. And I was like, it was really good, but why are we doing it on Dynamite? Maybe we should build it towards Revolution because I don't know what, if they beat him again, then what's the point? Yeah. I don't know. It, maybe, I guess we're getting Christian and Jungle Boy, and I know we're getting Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Claudio has had the ROA title. I forget every time he comes out, and they were like, oh, yeah, he's got the ROA title. It starts working Jericho? If so, why? I don't care. Um, what is Eddie Kingston doing? I, I don't know what's going on. They cooled off Eddie Kingston, something terrible. Yeah, and, like, he was doing, like, the matches that he wanted to do, which was fun to watch him do, like, you know, working Ishii and stuff like that. But, all right, what are we doing? What is House of Black doing at Revolution? I don't know. Teasing vignettes. So, the the answer to your question, who is Adam Cole working? I don't have a fucking clue. Like, I'd like to see, I'm just trying, I I don't know. I'm trying to find somebody that makes sense for Cole to beat. I think this is the perfect spot to get Switchblade in. If you're, I don't know where he signed, obviously, but it's either here or Mania. And I'm not sure if he's like where he fits in WWE right now. He doesn't. Now. He doesn't. There's no place for Jay White. It's very crowded. Crowded. Um, I, I think he's good enough to fit wherever he goes, but he's going to bump someone from the slot. Like that's Austin Theory's slot, or that's the slot that. I don't know. L.A. Knight just worked so hard to get over and cultivate on SmackDown, right? Like, you'd be giving him L.A. Knight slot. So there's only so much of that, like, asshole, braggadocious thing in you. Like, you have those guys right now. Seth Rollins is still that kind of. He wore those boots. (laughs) The Miz is always that. So you only have so many of these things. You're trying to rehab Baron Corbin into that slot. There's only so much of those, like, hey, I'm an asshole, dislike me. And that's what Jay White does. He's not coming in as a baby face. So I'm not sure where he fits in WWE. I think returning from injury, Adam Cole needs a great match. That's the perfect person to put against him. If you sign Jay White to say, yeah, this is the asshole that can go up against Adam Cole. And you know what? Everyone wants to cheer Adam Cole and Adam Cole, baby. It's so great to see you. And Jay White beats him and, and ends all that, that good feeling nonsense. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, I, I just, again. It needs to be something big. They usually go big. Yeah, but I don't I don't think it needs to be a surprise opponent against a returning Adam Cole. Like a surprise new signing. Like you can't cool off either of them right now. Like Jay White beating Adam Cole would be like this. Eh. I don't know. So but the, the again, the answer is I don't know. What happened to Kyle O'Reilly. He's he's him and Bobby Fisher are like perpetually hurt. Fish Bobby got, Fish is at least he doing went and go bo- but, Yeah, he no, he boxed, right? Oh, was boxing. Yeah, he doesn't get injured doing that shit. But when it comes Looked to pro healthy. wrestling, he can't stay healthy. O'Reilly, I don't talk. I don't know. I I don't have a clue. I'd like to see Adam Cole work like Danny Garcia, but yeah, it, it just would feel completely out of left field. Yeah. Maybe Adam Cole beats up on Sammy Guevara. Now I don't even say beat up. Like, he can get a good match out of Sammy. Sammy could lose and it's okay. But I don't know. I I have no clue. Again, the the roster, it doesn't make sense. Like for someone to just pop up and have beef with them. But the the fall from grace for the undisputed era in like three years. It's been startling from getting called up in NXT. I'm not blaming AEW, by the way. Getting called up in NXT 
from NXT having nothing to do. Half of the stable getting cut. Adam Cole being asked to be a manager reportedly to then be like, nah, I'm out of here. Peace. Like, just give me my contract. I'm going to go into AEW, debuting as a faction, looking like a strong trio, to Adam getting hurt, to the other guys disappearing, them getting hurt, being in nothing relevant. Roddy doing nothing in NXT since, just stuck in limbo. He had diamond mind. He got kicked out of that shit. He's doing nothing at all in NXT. And now Cole's coming back with, like, no one just by himself. No one could have predicted three years ago that the Undisputed Era, which is probably the hottest faction at the time, would do nothing since. Yeah, I mean, they're the most injury-riddled faction in pro wrestling. They can't stay healthy. Like, at least before, it was like, well, at least Adam Cole can stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. That yeah. concussion almost ruined him. O'Reilly's, you know, been injured, and Fish is gone. And like you said, Roddy is— I think they cut Fish. Yeah, they did. Um, he asked for his release. I don't know what he wanted. They showed up at Impact and gave a really piss poor promo, and they were like, "Hey, you suck." Um, but I was all right. So this morning, it was like four in the morning, and I usually fall asleep if I fall asleep on my couch watching like old pro wrestling. And for whatever reason, I had on the destruction of the Shield. I don't know if you remember this. Leading into SummerSlam, I want to say it was like 2017, yeah, 16, 17. So that, that special was on. I fell asleep watching it. Because I was like, I wonder, I was looking at Seth Rollins like, damn, they all look young and Roman looks terrible. And Moxley looks crazy. I woke up and it was the New Day recapping 2018, right? So it's, it, I guess the show came on at the end of 2018, right before Kofi Mania. And they do this recap and they start talking about NXT. And I was like, none of those people are in the company anymore. Like, it was like, no way, Jose. <laughs> Adam Cole. Like, Ricochet has been brought up. But it was like, you, like, Velveteen Dream. Oh, my God. I, I was watching this, and I was like, oh, my God. Keith Lee hadn't got, the, like, Matt, like, Riddle. Lord knows where Matt Riddle is right now. Uh, we've seen him on social media. Yeah. No. I was like, yo, the company has changed so much. And that's, that's right before Kofi Mania. Like, right before. And Kofi didn't, like, the New Day was just the New Day. And they, like, they had the Revival on there. Yeah, Gargano was still in NXT. Like, it At was... he's there. It was... But it was a weird... Like, the, the company had changed so much during the pandemic, Vince cutting everybody, and then they're coming back. Like, WWE is almost, almost a completely different company. Like, all the Roman Reigns stuff. I was like, yeah, he was a babyface. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even... And it wasn't good. chief. No. And, and the framing of it was funny because they were like, Roman's so over, and they, they would cut to the fans cheering, and it almost made you forget... Nah, nobody was buying this shit. Nobody. Like, it was, it was such a weird thing. But all that to say, I don't, I don't know what AEW is doing because, yeah, Undisputed Era, there was supposed to be a few with the bullets. I, I don't know. They've been destroyed by injuries. Tony needs that one, and this is going to sound weird and not justifying the man, but he needs that one Vince McMahon stroke of genius. Like, there's occasionally Vince booked everything for shit, but occasionally... He'd hit that one stroke of genius and carry his company for like three years. MJF is just being MJF. That's, that's not Tony. Like, I give him, Hangman was like that first one where immediately he set Hangman up with the, with the tag team stuff and all this stuff and the Dark Order stuff just when, unfortunately, Brody went away. He, he had the stroke of genius, but Hangman with the Dark Order. And I was like, this shit's not going to work. And then boom, it did. And it was great. He needs that again. He needs that that one like lightning in a bottle moment 
And I, I don't know where he'll get that from. You mentioned 2018 with Roman Reigns. He gets cancer again. Yeah. Leaves. Yeah, leukemia, yep. And coming back, that's like the ultimate babyface thing, right? Vince's last, like, great stroke of genius, because I'm not giving him the bloodline. He would have broke that shit up in two days. Yeah. Uh, he tried to put Apollo in that same position, if you remember. Yeah. I was reminded of this the other day. The original Honoré Oost was Apollo Crews. Like, and then Sammy came in, like, two weeks later. But his last stroke of genius was Roman Reigns comes back and comes back at SummerSlam and wrecks the Fiend, and he's a heel immediately. And you're like, yo, you're bringing a guy back who just had cancer, leukemia. One of the greatest speeches of like, yo, I got I to gotta vacate my belt. I'm sorry. Call, refers to himself by his real name. Like, shit's so real, so emotional. Comes back and he's just a dastardly heel. That's genius. No one does that. You put everybody over as a baby face. I don't even know if that's, I don't even know if that's genius. Oh, that's it's, incredible. It's what Roman should have been the fucking whole time. But to, to steadfast not turn him that whole time, and then the finally... The only time you can guarantee a baby face pop from the crowd, you say, fuck it. You're going to be like the most dastardly heel. We're putting you with Paul Heyman. The only time, only time people guarantee to cheer him. He's yeah. back from leukemia. Second time beating it. And you say, we're going opposite. That's, that's that one stroke of genius. And it, it's carried the company for four years. And Tony just needs one of those right now. Well, I think... I think the one thing that Tony Khan needs to do is a very simple word, commit. And what I mean by that is, if Ricky Starks is going to be your guy, commit. You got to stick with it. Like, commit to Eddie Kingston. He can't disappear, right? Like, when you have a guy that you're trying to build, and then you're like, all right, this is good. In a vacuum, this is a good story. But then they go away for a while, you cool them off. The fans don't want to see them win as much as they did because now they're not on TV. You got to commit to somebody. Ricky Starks, for a hot second when he wrestled MJF, and you were like, ah, oh, it looks like it's going to be his time. Now this Jericho feud has kind of cooled him off. You got to commit to somebody. You got to figure out who they, whether it's Powerhouse Hobbs, you do this Book of Hobbs stuff. Commit. What is it going to mean? Like, is Powerhouse Hobbs going to destroy Wardlow or Samoa Joe? Like, you have to commit to somebody and say, this is that next guy. And whoever that somebody is, there has to be a story around that person. Whether it's Danny Garcia splitting from the Jericho Appreciation Society or something happened to Orange Cassidy or... He walked back that Jericho shit too and it was like, you just reset the whole thing. Right, like, or, you know, or Kenny Omega finally strikes out on his own and chases the... Like, whatever it is, you just have to commit to it. You can't be these isolated stories that they, they happen, they're great, and then they end, and then either the loser of the feud disappears or both people like disappear from television for a while. Can't do that. You got to commit to somebody. Cole, how do they write the ship? By the way, real quick, where's Miro? Does anyone know? He was. I've heard several different things about Miro. I've I've heard a rumor that there was a storyline presented to him, and he wasn't all in on it. And then he had some other shit he was doing, and then it was just like, all right, the time's not right for you to come back. Could have been that, but he's he's like the one that you're just like, what is going on with him? How oh, you missed on that for a year. Jesus. Uh, Cole, how do they write this shit? Miro was also like doing all those crazy like telenovela looking promos that were kind of <laughs> awesome. And then then the House of Black all left and I know they were kind of part of those promos. So now they're back. Can't always pick that up. Um it's hmm. I I 
it's it's a difficult question. I think for me, it's identifying, you know, what a what have they not only commit, but what do they have? What have they committed to now that's not working? And to me, it's Jericho Appreciation Society's got to go. I think it's addition by subtraction at this point. It's too many people that you got to get on on camera at some one one in one way, shape, or form on camera and doing something. And no one benefits from any feuds with the Jericho Appreciation Society anymore. It's like purgatory um, for the members who are in it and whoever's feuding with them. It just does, like Ricky Starks is just, he looks like an idiot in this feud. I'm sorry. Like his, like his, his characters, but we're supposed to be rooting for him. And it's like, I just, I don't like anything that's happening. Like I've, I've lost like any of the steam he was picking up with MJF. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, like, he's completely lost on me. Um, like, R- Ricky talking about uh, Jake Hager's lisp, like, what, like, that promo sucked. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, and, baby uh, face promos, and also, not great. They're not, they're not good. And, or at least not, not in this, in this standpoint, because it's like, you're both just being assholes to each other. And also, they had, like, you want to talk about committing when they needed to commit. They had the chance to commit with the Jericho Appreciation, uh, excuse me, Appreciation Society. And get Danny Garcia out of there and have him break it up. It was right there. And like Garcia was uh, like ready for to be catapulted. He had just come off the match with Brian Danielson um, at the, the Game of Thrones uh, themed dynamite. I can't remember what it was called again. Winter is um, coming. <laughs> uh, was, no, 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 no. It was, um, it was, it was another one for House of Dragon. Oh, um, but anyways, like th- he had that great match and he was like, lightning hot and then he got the pure title from wheeler Utah in buffalo and it was great and then like he did a whole kind of like well i went back to him because sure completely cooled his ass off completely yep. cooled his ass off Sa- sammy guevara is just like wh- no one he's not proceeding with his career because like he's stuck next to jericho's hip but it's also kind of due to his own problems because he's had problems with people in the locker room. He's kind of gotten in his own way. And it's like the only way he can get stable TV time is with Jericho, but it doesn't, it doesn't advance his story. So I think, and it seems to me like the Jericho appreciation society segments take up a good chunk of television that could be used elsewhere. Um, Even when they were in, when they were in Los Angeles, they, they, they were right before the game seven triple threat. Or I'm sorry, the game uh, game seven uh, trios title. Yeah, and it was like this match needs to go like 40 minutes. Now it's going to go 20 because you guys are taking up time for 20 minutes that you don't need to take up. Um, so I, and and to get those kind of moments of of kind of you know it, you really can kind of slip and fall into these moments. You never you never quite know. I mean, the did any of us see the acclaims like jump to sky high in popularity? at the beginning of last year. No. Because I didn't. No. That's right? something they committed to. And all to. of a sudden, yep. and it was, and it was something that, you know, and, and, and when they've talked about scissor me, daddy ass, they, they were told to like, Hey, you guys need to kind of, you know, stay off of scissor me, daddy ass. Like, we don't, you know, TNT or, you know, CBS, TNT, Turner, all that stuff. And they were like, no, we're just going to lean into it. And the crowd all of a sudden got behind them. And then all of a sudden, once you get that, you go for it. Yep. So, and and you know whatever you know whatever they're doing right now with the guns is is another thing, but they hit it in that moment. So, you know, it is going to take a little moment of inspiration from 
from from someone in the middle here because we know the MJF uh, and Danielson stuff has been the build to it has been awesome uh, up to this point, uh, and we're kind of ready to have to have them do their match now. So it's like that that big feud they've got, but there's a lot of stuff kind of trickling down that le- leaves a little to be inspired. Let yeah. me let me give you a couple of names that. Right now that I was like, oh, they should be building momentum and they're not doing it. Where's Keith Lee? He just came back. <laughs> right, but... Yeah. But he was gone. I don't know why he was gone for two months. So... After the Rick Ross look, stuff. You know, everybody listens to this podcast No, we all know Swerve. Yep. What exactly are we doing with Swerve? Like, the Dustin Rose shit needed to come and go quick so Swerve can move on to something else. Yes. Why? Like, there's no reason to drag this out. We have a good promo... And then we go to a match and swear beat the shit out of him, make him more of a heel, and then put him in a feud before Revolution. Like, Swerve should be working Ricky Starks. Yep. Right? But that's, you have too many people in a holding pattern. We just mentioned Miro, Keith Lee, mentioned Swerve, Starks in this Jericho stuff. What happened to Axe Andretti? It was like, that was, he beats Jericho and it was like, nothing. Nope. Like, Hook comes and goes, Right. Or Stokely Hathaway, like every, it seems like he gets on TV and was like, you're not doing anything with Lee Moriarty to make us think that he can beat people. And I think Moriarty and Stokely would be great to chase like the pure title, for instance. But you got to commit to him and you can't have him lose. It's, I think they have this, this problem is like Ethan Page with all ego. With like, yeah, it's like, what are he's we just doing? waiting for a title shot? Like, I don't, why isn't he in the field building cachet? Until then, you know? And, and what happens is eventually you have to give all this talent you're holding something to do. And Keith Lee's going to need something to do. But everybody's been in this holding pattern for so long that it's like, well, the rest of the card is suffering. Because yep. we're going to revolutionally be good. We know the in-ring bell-to-bell is going to be great. But what WWE has done, which we'll talk about as we go do it, they've committed to Cody Rhodes. They've absolutely 100% committed to him. Even when he was hurt, they knew this is where we're going. Yep. Granted, everybody was Sammy saying this. And it was like, nope, we're committing to that guy. Look at the payoff. These Cody chants are nuts. His yep. interviews are incredible. Like, everything he's doing is because they committed to him and they refused to let him go away. But it wasn't like overkill. They figured out how to do it. Sometimes you commit to the wrong people. Aaron Corbin. You got to let it go. <laughs> but AEW's got to commit to somebody and make them feel like that person could be champion eventually. And there's nobody right now that you look at and was like, oh, that's MGF's next challenger. No. It, it should be Eddie Kingston. There, there's no one new because it, you always have the ability to go back to, I don't know, Kenny Omega, right? Like you can always pull Kenny Omega up. You can always pull a Moxley back up from anywhere. You can do Cesaro if you want, or excuse me, Claudio. Yeah. You can do Claudio if you want. You can always go back to the well of like this established star, even... Brian Danielson to a point. It's just like, oh, people know him. They're going to cheer. Like, we can always bring him back. But who's new? Who, who are you building to that level? Are you doing enough to build Jungle Boy Jack Perry to the level where he's such a big baby face that he can challenge MJF? And you can put that belt on another new pillar of the company? Stark's turning baby face had that, that appeal. Right. Like, if you just committed to him, like you said maybe he can be believable enough to take the belt off of MJF after MJF has these bangers with the established stars. Yeah. Because the, the established guys, the VPs, they don't need belts. They're there to hold belts and elevate talent. 
They don't need belts. You saw that with CM Punk. He never needed that belt. He ended up in a pickle. So it's like, have your young stars pass it to other young stars, and they're just these pillars of AEW. They're, they're not really building them up right now. And I think they have a Kenny Omega problem right now. And let, and let me explain this. Also injured, by the way, which, yeah. which you didn't know. But Kenny is... The problem with Kenny Omega is it has nothing to do with Bell to Bell. It has to do with his reasons for doing things. This man just held the, he held the title. He lost it. Then he got hurt. And he disappeared. Now, right now, he has the United States title in New Japan. Doesn't talk about it. He doesn't say anything that says, I need to get my title back. And I know there's a fear that if he says that, that means you got to throw him in the MJF. No, you don't. Maybe you have Kenny Omega work to get there, right? But Right now, he feels like he has no motivation to do anything. The trio styles are cool, but at some point, you have to, Kenny has to remind people, I was the champion. I beat Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. That badass that we saw at Wrestle Kingdom, we don't see him in AEW right now. They're no, playing no basketball. Carryover. Yeah. Like, I need the, the motivation for, for talent to be there, to be present, because you got to set up the next people, because we all think MGF is going to beat Danielson. But right now, if you ask me, there's nobody that I, that feels motivated to go after MJF. It's a weird spot that they're in. Definitely. You, you don't have to script promos. You don't have to put talent in a box. But you should script your storylines and, like, long-term booking. I understand that gets thrown off sometimes with injuries. But you, you want to see these stories collide and interchange and all make sense. Right now, everything's just disjointed. Everything's a separate story. It doesn't feel like you're watching, and that's something WWE does great. feels like you're watching one long movie every Monday, one long movie every Friday. This just feels like a bunch of random episodes. This is sketch comedy, right? Like, this is SNL. You're just throwing a bunch of shit out there. And yeah, it's funny, but but that's it. I need a reason. That's all. I need a reason. Yeah, we we, we need to make this a sitcom. You make this Seinfeld. Like, we, we need to make this, you know, It's Always Sunny, which I just started watching. Like, you need to make it, like, something good. Right. And make it make sense. Um, now let's, okay, you know what? Let's shift gears. Finally, it's time to talk WWE. But I had a lot of that AEW shit on my mind. It's a long show. Might as well. Yeah. But now it's WWE time. Producer Cole Baby. I'll start with you because you are the guest of honor today. Oh, why thank you. Yes, yes. How is he a guest? He has a key to the house. No, he's a guest of honor. Don't he he Jazzy <laughs> Jeff. Like when when he comes on, he's he's Steve Urkel. When he shows up, he gets the biggest pop. Like, I have to have like, a, I, I, I just it's, go, it's cold, baby. And the whole crowd goes, Woo! that's it. Like, yeah. I open like, the door. Yeah, I yeah. got you. That was Family Matters was the show. Nobody knew that shit. It was Steve Urkel. That's cold. Cole comes in. People are like, oh, my God. He always gets like the biggest pop when he pops in the house. I got to be Eddie. You got to be Laura. Like, you know, like, it's, it's not great. Who's going to be the, uh, what's her name? The one upstairs? The disappeared. That never came back. <laughs> just, just never came back. <laughs> Don't, don't get started on that. It was a good show uh, before that yeah, happened. It was not, but anyway. Um, no, so, <laughs> Cole, first, first thing to talk about, how great, and I need you, because I feel like you feel me on this, 
How great is Dominic Mysterio? You talk about committing to someone. You feel how they committed to Dominic Mysterio against everyone's best wishes. Like, yo, drop this kid. Send him to NXT. Ain't shit going to work with this kid. They put him in the judgment day. I know you saw this Valentine's Day skit. My man got the teardrop now. Eye tattoo. He, his card bounces. Mommy has to pay the bill. Him just chasing Ray around. I'm, I'm all in on Dominic Mysterio to the point of I might riot if he loses that mania to his dad. It, they've done so good with this. And he's not in an elimination chamber, but we had to talk about him first. Cole, tell me you're with me. Tell me you love prison Dominic Mysterio. He ain't go to jail. He went to prison on a, on a short stay. Yeah, right. he did his time. He said, look, look, you know, talk about committing to someone who had some, you want to talk about going into a guy who had some go home heat and they were like, dude, just lean into it. Just like have, uh, you know what? Everybody already hates you. Just, just go with it. Just be so obnoxious that like, like if, if, if you're hated this much and you just become so obnoxious that you become a joke. In the, in the in the butt end of jokes, perfect. It's great, and he's got. And and I think part of it too is it's not really just Dom Mysterio here that we're talking about. His whole thing works because of Rhea and 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 all the mommy shit. Because the second he he says he he calls out and help, and he's being lifted up in the air, and he goes, "Mommy!" It's over. It's like it's perfect. It's great. And the fact that Rhea Ripley's just beating the shit out of everybody. Um. So yeah, it. It's totally working. And also, I mean, the first time they did it, uh, when they did like the, you know, Ray and Rhea come over, or I'm sorry, uh, Dom and Rhea come over for the family dinner. And like, it was kind of like, not, I feel like the first one, nobody really thought too much about. And then they did it again for, or it was Thanksgiving. And then they did the Christmas one and he went to prison. And all of a sudden, now it's just a time-honored tradition. Just Rhea and Dom need to ruin Ray's holidays every like every single holiday. I love going onto Twitter and all of a sudden seeing like people are all like, hey, St. Patrick's Day is the next holiday. So that's <laughs> the one you got to ruin. It's like it's become its own little like it, it feels like it's, uh, you know, like a itchy. It feels like itchy and scratchy on The Simpsons. Like that's what it feels like where it's like. It's this random throwaway thing that you just put in there. But every time they come on the screen, you're like, this is great. This is awesome. I know exactly what I'm getting. And this is fun. I can enjoy it. So and they really took a situation where I think all of us were in agreement of like, what the, I mean, like, what the fuck are we going to do with this? We know where the feud has to go, but like, Dom's not good. And then they leaned into Dom's not good. Brilliant. Is brilliant and and honestly, it's it's infused life into the Judgment Day too. Because I thought with, between Damien and and Finn and and Rhea, and especially with them kind of you know putting Rhea a little bit in the backseat and not really having her be at the forefront, Dom like changed all of that. So it's one of those things where it, you know it's it's it was like you took you took two subtractions and it became an addition. Uh, it's totally working for me. Um, and it's in the right spot too. We don't like, we don't put too much attention on it. It is not the end all be all of what's happening in, you know, it's not the top feud or anything, but then they just throw in this nicely produced thing 
And it kind of is self-contained. I'm always a big fan of those things, especially with the chaos you can kind of create in those kind of vacuums. So I'm with you on that. I, I am enjoying the, the Dominic Mysterio stuff Look at that. Uh, with, with, with his dad. Pro Wrestling Math by producer Cole Bebe. It's Dre. It's everything they want Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti to be. That's that's what that's what this Dom and Rhea thing is. Granted, Rhea is. Hey, we we took you the out the studio for one episode, and all of a sudden, like Kel's saying stuff, and I'm like, wait a second, Kel, you're onto it, man. Yeah, I don't. That's see. what I needed. I just needed one recording in the hallway. You needed the one recording. <laughs> I need to reset. You were like, reset I got this. So, I'm I'm half with you guys on this. I think mm-hmm. the Dominic Mysterio stuff is good in the back. Like the way it's been presented is really good. They have like this issue in. I think it'll shake itself out by Mania, but the personalities in Judgment Day don't really go together to where their characters are supposed to be. So, like, it's a Dominic is a comedic heel, right? But Rhea is about to chase Charlotte, and Rhea's very over. I don't know what Finn is right now. It's very weird what he is because it doesn't feel heel enough. Damian Priest is in this limitation chamber, and we're all like, you're not going to win. No. <laughs> and I need Dominic, while this has been fun, I, I'm with you guys, and I think it's funny, and I think it's very fun, and I think they leaned into it, because at first it was like, all right, this is a little cringe, and then it was like, all right, this is kind of funny. But at some point, Dominic Mysterio needs to be some kind of threat to Ray. He has to wrestle. Like he has to ring the bell. He's getting nerfed by Natalia, right? I mean, by Beth Phoenix, my bad. He's getting nerfed by Beth Phoenix. And... With about a month to go before Mania, I want Dominic to do something serious to feel like a threat, not a comedy act. Because he's got to wrestle Ray at WrestleMania. If all roads lead there. But right now, it's like Daddy's going to beat the shit out of his son. Yeah. I need him to do something. And very curious how they pull Rhea out of this because the Charlotte feud is serious. Yeah. And it can't be mommy following behind when Rhea's chasing Charlotte. I need them to figure that part out. So it's good where it is, but I don't know where it leads to. And then, of course, you have, which we're talking about with Elimination Chamber, Edge of Beth Phoenix against Rhea and Finn. And I'm like, well, where is this going exactly? Because Rhea can't lose. No. Who's going to eat this pin? Beth Phoenix, I guess? Yeah, of course. But where does that leave Finn and Edge? And Edge, at first, it felt like, He's getting revenge, but it's like that Judgment Day is all over the place. So I don't know. So Dominic's great in this spot. I just, as we get closer to Mania season, these four need to have some direction because Rhea's clearly the only one that's chasing the title, but it's very serious what she's going after. And I, the mommy stuff, while it's comedic, it makes Rhea a baby face and Charlotte's being presented as a baby face. Yeah, kind of. Because who's going to boo Rhea if she wins at WrestleMania? I mean, it's kind of baby face, but it's not really a baby face. It's just very over. Yeah, because that's what I'm like they're doing really shitty stuff to Ray and his wife. Like, <laughs> so Rhea, it's not like a, a baby face thing. But people do. They're like really behind it. Yeah, like but every, at its core, it's still very heel. Everybody likes Rhea Ripley. Yeah, like there's no doubt about that. But the dominant comedic aspect, I think, it takes a little bit away from Rhea having the edge going up against Charlotte. These two haven't really, they haven't interacted yet. No, so that's about to happen. So where does that leave Dominic? Hopefully, they figure it all out. But it's my only issue with the Judgment Day. I was like, there's a lot of things going in a lot of different places. They just need, no pun intended, a little bit more of an edge. Yeah, because they're not mad enough. Like, Finn, I'm not buying Finn right now. It almost feels like, like, 
Dude, Edge called him Jamiroquai because everybody else called him Jamiroquai. And it's funny, but you're supposed to be the leader of this group. <laughs> yeah. No, he... Something at Elimination Chamber, and I guess we'll talk about that match shortly. Um, something has to change, much like the concerto spot before that, that got um, Beth Phoenix put on the shelf, where something has to really piss Edge off. But this time, that time it was Rhea. Catapulted Rhea to the moon. Gave her that Edge. It was rap. Now... Finn has to do something of the equivalent because they have to have a match where it's like last man standing or, uh, I don't know, there's no TLC. Like, you can't put Beth Phoenix on a pole match. Here's the question. Like a Hell in a Cell or something. If Who is Edge's beef really with? Should be Rhea. Or should it be Damian Priest? And not Priest. Because Priest turned on him? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Edge's motivation in this feud is like, well, who is his target? I, I guess Finn was like the... Yeah, the but, mastermind of the turn. Right. But Priest is just a muscle. It needs to be like cemented. So as I'm heading into WrestleMania season, it may because right now, if you present me an edge and Finn match, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's like it's cool, but if Finn's like this asshole is trying to kill his wife or something like that, that then I'm like, all right, I'm in. Exactly. Finn just feels like a a, a, a leprechaun with a six pack who wears Jamiroquai's clothes and is, like, masquerading as a, the, the guy of a heel faction. It ain't working for me. And we all know Finn is really good. But he is. I just need him to be angrier. Yeah, it just has to get to another level yeah. with him. And they have to do that at Elimination Chamber. And then Dom, Dominic Mysterio, I'm not worried about because they have, like, that, that ace in the hole, which is Ray was attacked at Royal Rumble. Well, yeah, we... So you can, you can always film something that shows, like, Dominic crushing his dad and that's why he didn't come out to the ring and it makes him a little bit more serious of a threat. Yeah, I just need to win a match or something. Or he could have done some weird shit like his credit card declined because he paid off uh, carrying Cross and that's why Cross is going after Rey Mysterio because there's no payoff on that oh, and wow. I don't understand where the hell carrying Cross is because he showed the card. He was like, Rey Mysterio, you're next. That's kind of really gone nowhere. They didn't cross paths in the Royal Rumble Boy. and then they're four weeks away from Dom and Rey Mysterio so it's like, Cross, what are you doing in all of this? It should be that Dominic Mysterio paid Karrion Cross to take out his dad, and that's how he gets the mask. You show Cross just fucking beating the hell out of Rey Mysterio before Royal Rumble. Was he paying with his commissary? Like, what? Like I don't understand. Well, that's why his car's bound now. He, he spent too much money on that. I'm, I'm sorry, real quick. Karrion Cross is the most directionless character in pro wrestling right now. That's saying something. Like, he's, he's going nowhere fast. I don't Faster yeah. and faster every week. Like, every week I look at Cross and I'm like, well, what are we doing now? He needs to cut his hair. Well, Sorry, yeah, Cole. I think he has to go He has to go back bald, but there's nothing. Like, him and Bray Wyatt have been two people that came back and it was like, oh, you're just as cold as you were before yeah. we got rid of you. Well, Bray wasn't that cold until, I mean, this last match. I mean, you can say what you want. Go, I mean, Cross has been cold the entire time. They might benefit from feuding with each other. Nah. But I, I don't think Cross comes out well there. No, Cross hasn't come out. The, they blew it with Cross by having him lose to Drew. I feel like they totally blew it with Cross. Because Cross was looking at Roman. Yeah. And he feuded with Drew, got beat by Drew. He went to the Classic Castle and threw a bottle. It's like, that's why you're here? Yeah. And it was like, from that point on, you've cooled him off completely because he lost to Drew McIntyre. He, they want, they've protected Drew McIntyre so much that it's hurt carrying Cross. And now, him feuding with Ray is just kind of like, why? I don't even know why. I gave him Madcap Moss after that. Oh, my God! <laughs> Who is now the number one contender to Yo, Gunther. 
That was that ending of SmackDown. Like I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was the worst way to go. First, I was like, this is main eventing SmackDown. Okay, because I thought the Usos tag match was gonna main event SmackDown. Nope, we're gonna get this fatal four way. And I was so I'm watching the match, and I'm like, all right, so Gunther's already beat Ray. Where are we going with this? Madcap Oz can't win. It's gonna right? be Gunther carrying. Yeah, I was like, ooh, maybe we'll just have a slugfest with him and carrying. Then Madcap Moss wins, and that, and then the little logo appears at the bottom of the screen, and I'm like, yo, nobody's gonna kill Madcap Moss and take this <laughs> spot because this can't be real. No, he got zero pop. Yo, it was so quiet when he won. Everyone's like, the fuck? Like, he Madcap Moss was clearly a byproduct of Vince. Yeah, right. Like Vince was like, I like how he looks. Push him to the moon. They got real stupid him and Happy Corbin and all that mm. dumb shit. So then when Hunter came in, it felt like they cooled him off. Then they put him with Emma, and I was like, all right, whatever. And there was no momentum going into this match. It was like, the winner faces Gunther. And I'm like, wait. The winner faces probably the most menacing presence in pro wrestling. And I was like, I've already saw Ray get nerfed. That'd be... Santos Escobar is like, I don't even know what you're doing Ricochet with him. got nerfed a couple weeks ago. Right. And Santos, I was like, could be cool, but he has no momentum going into this match. Yeah. Cross has nothing, so they don't really want to make him lose. So I guess we're going to kill Mad Cat Moss at Elimination Chamber, but I was like, that's like a kickoff match. Like, That's not even at the chamber. I thought it was. No? no? Go home show. This is stupid. It, it makes no sense. He's just going to nerf him. And nobody cares about Mad Cat Moss. What no a one. terrible ending to SmackDown. Anyway. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, first match, since we're on the subject, of the chamber. Edge, Beth Phoenix versus Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley. I'll give my prediction, then Cole, you can give yours. Again, simple. The match doesn't have to be too long. I think Rhea has to look strong throughout. Shout out to the dudes at What Culture who have a really, like, off-the-wall but cool prediction where it's like, you know what? Rhea has to look the strongest after this, figure out Finn and Edge after. But Rhea should riptide Edge and pin Edge. And I was like, but that kind of sucks for Edge going into Mania. Um, so I, I don't think you can really do that. But I, I don't need any cheating or anything else. I think Rhea just really has to beat the shit out of Beth Phoenix, distract Edge, and Finn has to win. But, like, really on some wild, like, concerto Edge type shit. Tried to end Edge after it. I need three, like, of the 1913s. I need the, the coup de gras. I need all that shit. I need him to pin him. And then still... Now, Rhea has to watch Edge get the concerto and be like, oh, my God, it's kind of like the role reversal. And Finn do to Edge what Rhea did to Beth. And then you got to get that, like, blood feud heat. Cool. Yeah, I think this is, this is tough because I think I always envisioned this as being what they were going to lead up to to Mania. And then, obviously, Rhea winning the Rumble kind of changed all that. So now it's kind of... Like, this was supposed to be a really big personal feud, and now we're kind of doing it here before Rhea has to take care of, like, bigger business. So it kind of puts this match in a weird spot. I'm of the thing, I'm of the mind that Judgment Day has to get some Ws here. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, I think that ending could very well uh, come come true, where it's, it's, it's Edge kind of taking more of the brunt, whereas Beth kind of took the brunt of it um, at Extreme Rules. So... Uh, really, uh, I just want to see Finn come out to virtual insanity. That's that's really all I want. So, how do we make that work? <laughs> wow. Um, Have you just made it? Sorry. Make what this make make this match messy. And what I mean by that is, 
I need some Dominic Mysterio interference, and I need Ray to come back in this match. Mm. I think the best thing you can do is make this as messy as possible without giving us too much of Edge and Finn, if that's what we're going to do at Mania. So if we get a uh, Ray run in and a Dominic run in and everybody's just doing crazy shit, and then the end of the match is messy, you can go back to Edge and Finn and be like, they didn't really finish their business. You kind of, you clearly protect Rhea. I mean, I don't know if Beth still eats the pin, but make this shit messy. I don't want this to be like your typical intergender tag match was like, tag the girl and the girls jump in and fight each other. I just want this to be messy as hell. That's That's what I want. But... Edge should lose again. And then, I don't know, there has to be some kind of stipulation. Like, there has to be... Him and Finn just can't have a match. No. It has to be something else. And it's weird because, I don't know, because Damian Priest clearly isn't winning the Elimination Chamber. Where does that leave him? I don't know. But Dominic has to interfere on behalf of Rhea, and Ray should come back because we got to start table setting for Dominic and Ray. So make it messy. Have Finn and Rhea win. And maybe Edge takes the pin. I don't know. We got to figure out how to get there. But then again, I don't want Edge to win at Mania. It's a weird thing. It, 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 there's a lot of moving parts here. And this is the one feud that was really hot and then cooled off. And it's like, now they got to figure it out because you got a lot of other stories that have built a lot more momentum. Like Cole said, Rhea moved on to bigger yeah, she's, and better things. Yeah. So it cooled this off because it's like Beth is a speed bump. Yeah, it's we, like, get we out know the way. where we're going. Next up... Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Match, I think, opens the card. Over under six minutes for this match. Entrances not included. Look, I'll start. I'll start. And you guys can go back around. My only concern about this match is that probably should end in a no contest. Because aren't they supposed to do this at Mania? So there's two trains of thought here. One, the Hurt Business is back together and just destroy Brock which leads to these two having a steel cage match at WrestleMania. So the, I think it has to go under, but it has to be, it, we can't have a clean finish here. We can't. Because this is similar to what we just mentioned in AEW. It's like, you're kind of doing this too soon, but it has to be for a reason. So I'm going to say it's a no contest or a double disqualification or some nonsense. We can't have a clean finish because if the Hurt Business gets back together, whatever the case may be, these two have to finish this match. And I know we can't have like 10 billion stipulation matches at WrestleMania, but I don't know if it's hell in the cell because I don't know if it's that much of a blood feud. But a cage should be fine with me. Yeah. Cage. I mean, these two big ass dudes in cage. Last sure. man standing. And I hate last man standing matches. It takes a while. But this, I mean, this should be a Texas death match. Yeah. Right? Like, this should be violent and vicious, but this particular match, I think, should end in a no contest. Neither I quit the match would be fun. Wait, so... sub each other. Because Bobby beat Brock for the title. Nerfed him. No, Brock beat Bobby first. Bobby oh, yeah. came out this past it, summer. And then he, then he beat Brock. Beat so Brock the one, in, like, one, yeah, this three has, minutes. You can't have a finish here. I, I don't think you should. Non-finish, double DQ, yeah. finals at WrestleMania. It's one and one. Yeah. Cole. I am uh, the only thing that concerns me with, with especially the part if like the hurt business gets back together is that they go to WrestleMania and just get immediately nerfed by Brock and Brock just beats the shit out of all of them. And it's like, no, he killed the hurt business again. Don't do it. Yeah, you know what? Brock, um, Brock has affinity for uh, knocking out black people. Yeah. I was I was gonna say Kofi and then and then and then the hurt business. What are we doing? We can't. I mean, like. 
Is it in character? I guess, but that's not the character we want. Don't forget so. Big E. Big E, yep. <laughs> Big, Big e. E's belt. He beat my friend. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he took the pin. It was a yeah. fatal four-way. He took the pin yeah. anyway. He's 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 beating up he's beating up the black guys, he's beating up black owned businesses. What are we doing here, Brock? Does, we can't do it. It's February, good. my man. It's February. Does, not again. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Do you, you think Brock shows up to meetings? Like in booking meetings, like Brock rolls in with his cowboy hat and shit on. He's like, which black person will be today? Yuck, yuck, yuck. And they're like, You can't keep doing this, Brock. He's like, who gonna stop me? I think it's the opposite. <laughs> I feel like Brock shows up and he's like, All right, who am I gonna be today? And then they give him the name, he's like, Another black guy, like, like, oh, yo, do y'all know how this I mean, looks? Uh, and then they're just like, look, do you want to get paid? And he's just like, look, all man, right, fuck it, I gotta do what I gotta do. I don't think Brock cares. Like, no, if, if it wasn't, no, 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 I'm just saying, if it was another black person, and Brock would be like, cool, um, because I feel like Brock is a gun toting. You know, like, I think... I feel like now he's catching on to the gist of this. And then he's just like, come on, bro. Again? <laughs> but I mean, again, like, like, we just saw Goldberg say that Rihanna's performance was disgusting at the halftime show. So, I, you know, you know, coded language. A little, little different for Brock. I, I'm just I saying, Brock, Brock I, I, I don't think Brock ever shows up and is like, you're going to squash another black person. And Brock goes, oh, come on, guys. Brock be like, yeah. For Trump. Is Brock a Trumper? I don't think so. I think he, he went to Canada. Like I don't think he fucks with like the government. Yeah, he goes to anyway. hunt. I think I think we're, we're we're at the level. Like he's just trying to live off here. the land. Like he don't go fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah, I've heard nothing bad this, about Brock yet. This feels like the the like the the part that should come into like the the, the meme that comes into play here is when uh, the 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 artist who we no longer name, but back then he was fine, Kanye West, in which he was doing that like weird promo video with uh, with Mike Myers, and he just goes, "George Bush doesn't care about black people." Like that's where I feel like. Rock is right now. Yeah, we're he just like, one more black and out of nowhere, like comment where it's like, what? Like, I don't think he means that, but like they just keep giving it is it's Kofi, Biggie, like the the narrative's here. <laughs> it's bad. Constantly. Very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, Cole, what is your prediction? I'm sorry. I have I I like the I like the I like the no finish. Uh yeah, this is a again, this is always the tricky part with this particular pay-per-view, right? Is it's like it's in the middle between Rumble and Mania. Like we should just go right to Mania, but we have to kind of we have to sell tickets for a big show here. So, and this feud again feels like it could close at Mania. So, because otherwise, what it, if this match ends? What are either of these two going to do at WrestleMania? Exactly. So, I am I'm of the no finish, and plus, like. Brock was tossing chairs around at the Rumble when he got eliminated. So, like, him being just, like, pissed off and just, like, this match... Maybe this match never even starts. Right, exactly. I yeah. think, like, Bell doesn't even start and, like, he just tosses... Either one of them toss each other through tables and there's just a no contest. You know what's weird about this, Kel, before you give your prediction? Like, Bobby Lashley came in as his baby face and is, like, slowly turned back heel. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Why? And, it, the, and I'm not saying why is he a heel. I'm like, what is his motivation for being a heel? Oh, they screwed him out of the U.S. title. Yeah, but he lost it twice in a triple threat. Yeah. And they, he lost his fucking mind. Because he's like, yo, I'm not getting pinned in these matches. He lost it to Seth when he pinned Theory. But, he lost it to Theory when Theory got it back from Seth. And he's like, yo, y'all are going to stop disrespecting me. And he beat the shit out of everybody after the match. And that's why he went heel. It just doesn't, he continue against it doesn't feel like a, a heel like Brock... <laughs> Brock feels more of a heel than Bobby Lashley does. Yeah. But now Bobby's back in the suits and the shades. Brock and is babyface Brock now. He's giving kids the hat. 
You know, take it the, back. It's <laughs> cow, cow, Cowboy Brock is like so over that they just. It's almost like they. I feel like they made Bobby heel because like he right. had to be. Yeah, that that's. It was weird to me because I was like, I mean, I just you know two big meaty men bumping meat. I don't need. I don't need to clearly define Lassie's a heel. It's like these are two two guys that we watched for years and was like, when are they gonna wrestle? Yeah, and then it took forever. And now we're here in a place where Lassie's a good talent can talk. And Brock is in a good place where he doesn't hate the business and he feels like he wants to work. They could just have a match. But Bobby had his suit up, his suit on and all that. I was like, you have to do all that. Like, you know why he got the suit on. You know the tease. Ah, yeah, okay, whatever. But Come what's on. your prediction? So my, my prediction is also no finish because I think you got to pay it off at Mania yeah. one and one. Um, but I, I honestly, I think Bobby Lashley gets no offense in. I think Brock beats the shit out of him for like four minutes. Straight through. Just tons of suplexes, two S5s. Brock's laughing. He's going for the last one. Just insult to injury. And then I think that's where, without Bobby's, like, accord, like, her business shows up. Beats the hell out of Brock. You get the DQ, whatever it is. They'll say, oh, it doesn't count, whatever. Um, as an official win for Brock. So you give a DQ. Her business beats him up. Lashley looks around like, thank you, MJF's like, or MJ, MVP is like, get up. And then the Hurt Business reunite right there. We get the official and they stand on the rap ramp together. And then you build that towards Mania. But now Brock even being even more pissed. And then you have like this faction he has to overcome. Um, the Mania match, granted, we'll have a million podcasts between now and then. But Lashley versus Brock. And I understand they don't do this well. But I think this is the best way you can do it since Ken Shamrock. And I know people aren't the biggest fans of the I, the choreographed matches or the not in-ring matches, but if you give me a cinematic type thing, I want to see those two literally in a cage, like in a Bellator cage, in an octagon. I, I want that to be the match. It's not going to be more than 10 minutes anyway. I'll watch that shit in the, in the arena. You give me those two, submission only in an octagon or in a cage because now the Hurt Business is out of it. There's no interference and you have a cinematic match with them actually doing MMA shit and having a scripted MMA fight in a cage. That's what I want. Hmm. I'm not a big fan of cinematic matches, but I I am intrigued by the idea of like an MMA style fight. Um, I think they did that in the Heart Dungeon in the 90s with Sham... I want to say... I- Shamrock. Might have been Shamrock in the Heart Dungeon. And Owen? I think so. I, I think I remember that match. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is a perfect time. This should be do something like But Bobby Lashley knows if that's happened, he's never winning. No, he's not winning that. Brock ain't tapping the shit. Like, uh, Brock, no. But but I, I, I can see that. Not, not necessarily cinematic, but I can see that happening. Yeah, some type of combat. Fight pit? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. That's what yeah. I want to come out Two of. Two MMA fighters. That makes out sense. of this one. And then next up... Let me go through. Oh, women's elimination chamber. All right, hold on. Hold on. Before we start, the elimination chamber. Ronda Rousey came back on Friday. She did? And I hated every minute of it. Okay. And when I did Bust It Open, I made this comparison. I'm going to make it here for those who didn't listen to Bust It Open on Saturday. Ronda Rousey is the Ben Simmons of pro wrestling. She got anything but a jump shot? Nope. <laughs> she came in with a ton of hype. A ton of hype. All the tools. Her first year, like Ben Simmons' first year, incredible. Rookie of the year. 
then somehow they just started to fucking regress. They never worked on the things that they, they weren't good at. Ben Simmons never learned how to shoot a jumper. Ronda Rousey never learned how to cut a promo. Ben, and for years, you keep going, they have the potential, but mentally something ain't there. Mentally, something's not clicking with Ronda Rousey. That first year, she was incredible. Yep. And then this return sucks. Ben Simmons' last four games is averaging four, four, and four. Yeah. 16 minutes a game. Coming off the bench. That, that guy was a rookie of the year. He had dumped, I believe, 41 points against San Antonio a couple of years ago. That guy's gone. And it's in his head. We kept saying, oh, when's Ben Simmons going to get a jump shot? And then we'd show him in like preseason shooting Jays. But then when the game happened, couldn't turn it on. Ronda Rousey's in the same fucking spot. All the tools. And it's not like she can't do it. Something is wrong. She came back with Shayna. And I was like, and I know they're talking about doing this tag team thing. I'm like, Ronda, you need to work, Shane. Like, somebody's got to snap you back. Because yeah. this is not working. I hated her coming back. And then they kicked Natalia in the arm, and I was like, well, maybe they'll get Natalia out of the Elimination Chamber match. Didn't do that. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But Ronda Rousey is the Ben Simmons of pro wrestling. X. I mean, she can't get a good tag match out of damage control. The, Kai and it doesn't even make right. sense for that match to happen. Because they're both heels. They're both heel teams. Yeah, but I mean, that's a different level of heel with Ronda. Yeah, but it's stupid heel. Because, like, it's indifference. It's go home. It's like she's reaching Baron Corbin levels. Like, why are you, why do you keep coming back? Don't nobody care no more. Facts. Like, nobody cares. And the other thing before we talk about the chamber is, I'm really curious where they're, what, how they're handling Becky and uh, Bailey. Because Bianca winning that match, I was kind of surprised. And then again, I wasn't. But I was like, damn, it feels like Becky and Bailey have to blow this off in Mania. I think so. And the Lita comeback, well, okay, well, maybe we're doing Becky and the OGs, Trish and Lita, against Damage Control, but that, that would take Damage Control out of the tag team title match, which I'm sure Ronda's campaigning for with Shayna. I don't know what's going on. I want to see where it goes, but, yeah, Ronda's been seen. I guess you have to have Ronda at Mania, but nothing so far. I don't far even know if she moves well. the needle anymore. I don't think so. That's, that's 100%. Like, she's so far removed from... Her UFC run, that ended poorly. You salvaged it when she first got to WWE anyway. But now this has turned poorly. She just turns out to not be a great finisher of things. Dude. She, she went, she was a great judoka, right? Like crazy judo. And it didn't end well there. She packed her bag. She went home. She started MMA. Crushing MMA. It didn't go well there. She packed her bags, went home, started Pro wrestling went well there. She had a baby. She came back. It's not going well in pro wrestling. This leads more credence to my Ben Simmons thing. Remember when Ben Simmons was at LSU? Yeah. And it, it, he checked out during the tournament. And a lot of people was like, oh, he'll just turn it on when the draft day comes. But it was always there. Him being a quitter was always there. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons, when he blew it in that, in, I can't remember the series, where he just didn't take a shot. People were like, oh, well, you know, he's got the back injury. No, the quitting is always there. It never went away. We I think just he went to like three different high schools. He moved away from Australia, yeah. came here, high school, Bob. Right. It was always there, yeah. but we, we were refusing to accept it. Ronda Rousey's always been a quitter when things don't go her way. We just kept saying, well, maybe. And this is like, I hate to say it, it's like, it's like a mental midget. It's, it, you don't have the capacity to deal with adversity. When she left after losing to Becky... 
Do you remember how she treated the fans on Twitter? Do you remember oh, yeah. how ultra sensitive she was? Super. She can't handle this shit. Her and, yeah, her and Ben Simmons have a baby. <laughs> that, baby that baby's name would be Quit. Yeah. <laughs> It'd dominate for a while, though. It would. It, all the skills, but it quit. Uh, women's chamber match is pretty easy. Come on. Uh, no one's ready for Asuka. The kind of switch happened at the right time at the Rumble. She got new music. She ain't losing. Yeah, nobody, nobody else in this match is remotely believable. Uh, I'm just surprised that there is not enough more stories in this match as I think could be coming out of the men's match because Liv Morgan, her biggest beef right now, I don't know who she's supposed to be. Her Maybe her and Raquel come out of this. I don't know. But Nikki Cross is completely feuding with somebody else. She's She's been following Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae. And Candice LeRae is not in the chamber. Right. That would make sense to lock two of those people in together that Nikki's been stalking. But instead... You put Carmella in there. Carmella has no feud going on right now with any of these people. She's not feuding with Asuka. Raquel Rodriguez, for whatever you think she is, she's probably a year or two away, and that character isn't clicking. And then, yeah, that that's the the feel. Natalia, why is why is Natalia? In here? I don't know why they give her that so could have went to Candice Lorray. She could have went to anybody. Like, is that dude. just like yo? You're from Canada. Like, go ahead. Look, hundred percent. I hate to say this. <laughs> But that could have even went to Lacey Evans. Somebody. Like, some, like Natalia? Come on, guys. You keep giving her chances. And every time she shows up, we go, why is she? And she's not a bad wrestler. She's just, she's like the big show. Face heel, face heel, face heel, face heel. I don't know what your purpose is anymore. At least they keep trying with Lacey. And I really think they should give up. Like, even, even on SmackDown this past week, I was watching Lacey Evans like, this shit ain't working. How do you get so many chances? Yeah, I mean... Lacey could have been, or excuse me, Natalia could have been gone. And I feel like Raquel, it's, it's a little early for Raquel. Shayna Baszler could have been in this uh, match. Raquel could have been out and I would have put, no, I mean, I would have put Becky in. I would have put. No, no, no. Shayna Baszler should have been in this match and won if you were Bianca at WrestleMania because they have a story. Maybe. But I, she, I, she has no build to that yet. Like her and Ronda, she's been under Ronda. I know, but that's but, what I'm saying. To separate her from Ronda. Like that, that's what they could have done. Like, listen, I love Asuka and I fully expect her to win this match. She's got new music, the face paint. Everything makes sense for Asuka and to set up something with Bianca. But you have this story that sat there for so many years. When we had Bianca on the show, Shayna was the one person she never beat. Yeah. They could have been planting the seed. And then Shayna gets in the Elimination Chamber after injuring Natalia, And then they, they start playing to her. But because they didn't mention it, it doesn't matter now because no. it's not going to happen. But yeah, Ronda's in the way. Get out of the way, Ronda. That's the key. I mean, you you hold that for future years because, I mean, Bianca ain't going nowhere. My prediction, Oscar wins. LOL. Easy. Cole, make it three for three. Lol. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> That's the easiest match to predict of the yeah. night. Sh Shotzi, too, also would be would yeah, have been fine to please. throw in here other than Natalia. But uh, Natalia is definitely just, yeah, yeah let's, that, they're going for Canadian pop, if you which they don't. They don't need. But. Becky and Bailey in here and did the exact same kind of result where they both come up short like they did on, on Raw. But at least you go in having the intrigue of Becky could win. Asuka could win. Bailey can win. You, you really don't know. Yeah. At least there's three people because you, you'd be like, yo, well, these two have beef. If you have Becky and Bailey in the final three with Asuka, it's like, okay, you don't know who's going to win. This one, it, intrigue's gone. Yeah. Um, Men's Elimination Chamber, Austin Theory, Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Montez Ford. This is a weird match. Because I don't see Austin Theory losing. 
And I feel like we have to get to Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Yep. Which means Seth has to lose in this match, which means he has to get pinned. Everyone gets pinned. Exactly. It's an like you have to lose. Like there's no way out of this aside from getting pinned. So it's like, does Logan Paul interfere in this match to make sure that Seth loses? Does Austin Theory beat everybody clean? Does he escape in a Weasley way? We know Damon Priest is not winning. Right. No. We know Bronson Reed is probably going to jump off some shit as big as he is and like kill somebody. He's going to run through something. Yeah. Like, through a pond. One of those things are going to yeah. happen. He's going to um, kill himself leading to him getting eliminated. We know Seth is, he's just fucking good. I hope he wrestles in those, those Astro Boy boots because that'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, Montez Ford, this could be and should be some kind of coming out party for him. Heat check. Yeah, but then he has to lose, right? Like, so you have to lose this match. But I don't see it in no way, shape, or form that theory's going to lose. Then Gargano's got to lose, right? So it's like, yeesh. I, I can't see Theory losing this match. I just can't. He's been really good in this role. He has to win. But how does he win? I don't know. I don't know. But Rollins has to lose. It's weird. Rollins has to lose. Yep. Clean as a sheet. Maybe. Probably. Cole. I think, I, I think it's, it almost comes down to, like, who is going to be... If Theory's going to win, where does this set him up for Mania? Um, you know. Cole. So You know. If, if you can't see it, that is your problem. <sighs> but you know where it's going. Real quick. Well, wait, hold on, hold on. I got a point. Make this point. Have you guys noticed this is the first WrestleMania? Aside from Brock, we've heard like no old people. Thank God. Like it's not like Undertaker and Goldberg. Like with Vince gone, Hunter's just like, it's the hand I got. And I'm gonna work with these people. And the tickets are selling, so he's gonna be like, what what does it matter? Yeah, I just want to point that yeah. out. Well, yeah. So Cena obviously is a uh is 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 a contender for 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 theory at mania but who is theory had a story with also in this match johnny gargano so could be a case where they're the last two standing and theory wins and this is a way to kind of like keep that story going because that's where it, it gets weird is it, it, it kind of similar to the women's match where like everyone has a story outside of this and they don't quite all come together quite a little bit better in this match than the women's match because at least like Rollins and Theory have kind of come across each other but like we already know that Rollins is going to do something with Logan Paul at Mania like that's what they're building towards so it's almost a case of like Theory by it's like you you add up all the math and it doesn't add up so you just you you leave with what you came with so I, I guess Theory wins here and maybe it's him and Gargano to 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 end it and and maybe try to get people thinking that Gargano's going to win it, um and and Theory's able to kind of weasel his way into a victory. See, I like the way Cole is thinking. I'm along the same path. Uh, the smartest thing for me would be to put Logan Paul on commentary, just so he's talking shit the whole time. You get the Logan Paul pop, like it brings eyes, and then uh, you can have him just distract Seth at some point. You don't physically, you can't get in. But Seth can just be looking over and be so distracted the whole time. I just put him on commentary. Um, But I'll give you exactly the order everyone's eliminated and why. So, first person out of here, I am sorry, is Montez Ford. Ford is getting getting eliminated by Damian Priest after having a good show. So, a couple of pods open. Ford jumps off some shit. Damian Priest eliminates him because Judgment Day has been feuding with... um, the Street Profits. Street Profits keeps coming out and, like, helping people. 
So they came out and helped Edge a lot. All this shit. There's been like triple threats. Damian Priest beats Montez Ford. He's only beat Angelo Dawkins so far. He now has a win against both of them. Damian Priest eliminates him. Now, for Damian Priest, he gets eliminated by Seth freaking Rollins because Seth needs a spot. He gets a good, I don't know, curb stomp, whatever. Cool, he does his offense. He's out of here. Rollins is then, some reason, form or fashion, is distracted by Logan Paul. Bronson Reed is the monster. He squashes Rollins, gives him, you know, some, some build up because he eliminated the most dangerous person in this thing. The most just accomplished person in here is Seth Rollins. Bronson Reed pinning him makes the most sense. Monster heel, good. Rollins is out. Now Gargano being the super underdog is going to beat the hell by Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed goes through one of the pods, takes himself out. They start like a count. I don't know if you get counted out. Or maybe Gargano just lays on top of him, pins him. First person to pin Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed's out of here by his own accord, leaving Austin Theory, Johnny Gargano as a final two. They have damn near a 10, 15-minute solo match inside the pods. Go crazy. You see why they call him Johnny Wrestling, but he comes up just short because that's what Johnny always does. You build him as that epitome of a babyface. People now care. This is awesome. Austin Theory wins clean as a sheet, though. No cheating, no nothing, because he can pin Johnny Gargano as clean as you want after just having an amazing match. So what that does is that, it. What does that lead to for Theory? Oh, Theory the next day. Spoiler alert, cover your ears. Earmuffs, everyone. If you don't um, buy into the dirt sheets and everything. So after this, I, I believe Raw is taped for the next day. Um, so there's like tape segments and allegedly... Austin Theory comes out wearing his belt. Um, the marketed match, whether it's taped or they're just going into the next city, but the promoted match is Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins for the title, as though Seth Rollins got screwed in some form or fashion out of it. Um, I, I think Austin Theory wins again, and he says, I have no challengers. I'm the greatest U.S. champion of all time. I've run through everyone. I've beat Bobby Lashley. I've beat Rollins. I beat everyone in the chamber. You guys all suck. A-Town down. Get a nice little vignette. A nice little, nice little FaceTime call for someone who believes he is the greatest U.S. champion of all time. And that is where we go for Mania. Hmm. I wonder how much of this has to do with them hoping they can get Cena. That's a key. <laughs> and they don't know. Like, they keep laying these things. It was like, well, John, we got it laid out for you. And John's like, I'm busy. Peacemaker. I'm busy. DC shit. I'm busy doing this. Like, it's very busy. But... John did do the WWE 2K23 commercial where he acknowledges theory. And, like, they, they put them yeah. both in there, and John actively said it. So it's not like it's one-sided with The Rock, where it's, like, everyone no. goading him. John has played into it in separate pieces. He just hasn't committed to showing up. Because I, I don't think you need him to show up probably until the day before. Much like the Kevin Owens thing, where he was Kevin Owens' partner. All it took was a little FaceTime message. Hey, I'm on set right now. But boy, if you think if you think you're you're the one, you're gonna have to prove it. I'm curious. I'm, I'm very curious if that's the route they go. Um, while I enjoy the idea of Theory and Gargano finishing this match, I do not enjoy Gargano losing clean because I don't know where it leaves Gargano. He always loses clean for three years I know. in NXT. The man couldn't buy a win. I know, but it, it's just it's hard figuring out Gargano's path after this, right? Like it's Left like it all in the ring. 
Bronson Reed, he's, he's about as aimless as carrying a cross right now. He came in with the Miz and was just like, well, what are we doing? These squashes Mustafa Ali. It's like, so? He's better than carrying cross, man. Yeah. He is in a better spot, but it's like something between all of them, Bill. I, I don't know. I'm curious. But Kim Gargano will be a good feud after yeah, this. Yeah, but Theory wins. Yeah, there's no way he doesn't. And then main event time, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns versus hometown hero, Sami Zayn, in the main event. Jay and Jimmy Uso were told to stay home. They ain't staying home. Watch this on television. They ain't doing that. No, I mean, Roman watched a little TV last week, too. A little last Friday. He saw a certain uh, acknowledgement of an Uso from Sami Zayn. We're going to find out a lot on SmackDown Friday night. Obviously, we're recording this before then. But on on Saturday, we're we're really going to see where the culmination of this happens. And I believe we're going to really branch out and just get Roman focusing on Cody after that. Yeah. And the story is going to lean towards Jay and Sammy, however, however this plays out. So, yeah, I think there's no, to me, there's almost no chance Jimmy and Jay don't show up. It's like they kind of have to. I, I keep reading different things about who can enter and who can't because of Jimmy's legal issues. But I feel like they may have gotten this cleared up. Jimmy going to stay his ass at home. But Jay has to show up. Yes. And it feels like Kevin has to show up too because there's going to be no pop bigger than Kevin and Sammy together to close the show. Um, first of all, Cody and Sammy had a great segment on Raw. Yep. I w- people hated that. Some people thought it made Sammy look super weak. Yeah, well, I mean, the reality is, is that Sammy's not lying. Like, Sammy has acknowledged the tribal chief. Like, he spent his whole time saying this guy can beat everybody. So, yeah, it would be okay for him to doubt himself because the story ain't Sammy and Roman. It's Sammy and Jay. And Sammy's going to put on a hell of a match. He's probably going to give Roman one of his best matches. He's going to come up short. I don't know, even know if Jay costs him. I just know Jay has to show up to abuse him at some point in this match. And that's when Kevin Owens returns. But I know there's a lot of people, and, you know, Cody's gone on talking about maybe a triple threat. And I know exactly why they're doing that, to make this ending less predictable. But we know how this is going to end. Sami Zayn's going to lose. Kevin Owens should come back. We head this way. Uh, But I'm looking forward to the match. I think it's going to be a really good match. I I need people to be okay with Sami losing. Mm -hmm. Cool. And and I think even to that point, I I do believe that, um, you know, the the crowd who wants, like, I I think all, all, there's all part of us that want to see Sammy get over Roman. But here, I, uh, Sammy going over Roman here, I believe is much more of a minority than we really believe it is. Again, like Cody comes out to the ring and his pops are, he is not getting Cena sucks chance. You know, like Cody is super duper like the guy and the crowd eats him up. So it's going to be Rody and Coleman, uh, uh, Roman and Cody. <laughs> Rody. At, uh, Rody. Oh, Whoa! Um, at WrestleMania, so yeah, J- Jimmy and Jay are not uh, bullshit. They're not going to be home. They're going to be in Canada. Uh, I have two questions for you guys. One on a scale of zero to CM Punk Money in the Bank in Chicago. How big is that pop going to be for Sami Zayn? Oh my god! Insane. He- in in so, in Montreal in Bell Centre. So, 
it's going to be big no matter what, right? Road Warrior Pop. It'll be CM Punk level big. They do two things. If he comes out to the original music, yep. he brings that back. And I know they've, they've been going away from that. They've been giving people new music. This Not today. Give him back his original music. And if he cuts the beard and cuts the hair down. I was thinking that. So he looks like NXT Sammy. The place will explode with just a haircut. Has a... Have we seen Sammy with his shirt off lately? Yeah, ripped. When? When was the last time we saw him with his shirt off? They ripped their shirt off uh, uh, two months ago, threw him the new shirt, and then they ripped it off when they beat the shit out of him. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I was just, I was looking at it because, you know, WrestleMania shape is a thing. Like, yeah. if you look at Cody Rose right now, he's, he looks incredible. And I feel like Sammy needs a new look heading, like, that disheveled look that he's had. Like, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the only, there's only one thing that could top this all off. If Kevin Owens somehow makes the save and pulls out the mask, oh, I don't, but it'll be a, over a lot of people's heads. But the El Generico mask, I, I might cry. <laughs> if, if, if Kevin Owens comes out there and he just pulls it out and just presents it to him and Sammy, and it just goes off the air. And that crowd, because they know it. They know what El Generico is. Steve Erico is back. Boy, oh boy. That's the only thing at the top. But to answer your question, Cole, it's going to be one of the biggest pops we've heard since Punk and Money in the Bank. That's, and you know what they have to do? The most brilliant thing they did with Money in the Bank with CM Punk is Cena came out first, right? Yep. No, wait. Cena came out second. Right? Second, Cole, yeah. um, Punk, Cole. Right. Uh, Punk came out, hugged his parents, yeah, yeah. did everything, sat in the ring, cross leg. But what they yeah. did, what they did, the beauty of it all, is they just let it breathe yep. before that music hit. And you know Sammy's getting ready to come out, but just to, like, to build that momentum. and that Because that crowd, that CM Punk Money in the Bank crowd, is that still gives me goosebumps. Before his music hits, as soon as the promo stops airing on, like, the Jumbotron... The Olay chants for Sami Zayn are going to be so damn loud. It's going to be crazy. Oh, and if he comes out with a new look, yeah. That, yeah, Cole, that crowd's going to be stupid. Insane. It'll probably give me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're, we're on track for, for something really special here to, to begin this. Uh, now, I think we get to the ending, and it's hard to get, it's hard to get too wacky with, with this one, but hopefully I have something drawn up here. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the well here a little bit. Roman's going to win one one way, shape, or form, and then he's going to commence Operation Beatdown of Sami Zayn. Um, and I think Roman's going to do something similar to what he wanted Sami to do at the Royal Rumble. Hand him a chair and go, okay, you got to do your thing. You got to hit Kevin. But I think that role is now going to go to Jay. I think Roman's going to test Jay and Jay's going to be very conflicted about it. And then what I think happens is Jay is going to tease like he's going to hit Roman, but then Jimmy steps in the way. My thought behind this being when they concluded their tag match, um, you know, they were talking backstage and Jay was like, Jimmy, I would never like, I'm never going to let you down. And Jimmy was like, but the bloodline though, right? And Jay was like, I don't know. Jay's allegiance will always be 
with his brother, no matter what's going on with the bloodline. And I think Jay might be conflicted enough to try to go back after Roman, but Jimmy's going to step in the way. And then that maybe buys enough time for Kevin Owens to come out and basically like rescue Sami Zayn from further beat down and the pay-per-view ends. That's what I'm going with. Going similar to Cole, but not all that way. One, I'm taking the old man's idea for the match itself. Sami Zayn comes out. Pop is crazy. Everything's good. Immediately hits a Huluva kick. Immediately. Bell rings. Boom. Huluva kick. Picks Roman Reigns up again in the corner. Second Huluva kick. Boom. Pins. Near fall. Crowd goes crazy. Roman kicks out. Sammy gets no offense after that. Roman beats the shit out of him. Like, to the point of when he said, I'm beating you in front of your friends, your family, every, he is going to beat the hell out of him and dismantle him. Roman went clean, beating the shit out of Sami Zayn. Mega heel. Because people all had this hope. They're eliminating the hope that quick. Over. Then he's beating the hell out of him. The handcuffs come out. The ladies love the handcuffs. Kinky Roman. <laughs> they, he handcuffs Sammy to the thing. The bloodline comes out. Exact same scenario. Jimmy and Solo come out. Super kicking Sammy. All that good stuff. Sammy's all beaten down. The crowd's booing the hell out of everyone. Jay runs out with a chair. Everyone thinks he's going to save Sammy. He runs out, slides in the ring with the chair, looks around. Like Cole said, looks like he's going to hit Roman. No one steps in. Instead of hitting Roman, he swings it. He hits Sammy. His allegiance is always to them. He doesn't turn. Now everyone boosts the shit out of Jay. Him and his brother hug like, thank you. This is what it should have always been. This is what it should have been last month at Royal Rumble. This is where we are. We are family. That's when Kevin Owens comes out. Clears out the ring of all of them. Tribal chief included. He gets the hell out of there. He saves Sammy. They hug. The music hits. And that's how we end the pay-per-view. Jay's allegiance is clear. Kevin's allegiance is clear. Him and Jimmy are good. The bloodline looks stronger than ever. Because it's great to beat the bloodline. It's great to have cracks in a bloodline. And that's the reason you beat them. It's better for all of them to beat them when they're 100% strong united unit. Hmm. Interesting. I hear both of you guys' points. I'm going to just ask a couple questions before we get out of here. One, does Roman cheat somewhere in this match? Because it, and here's why I asked that. If Roman cheats a low blow when the ref's not looking and Heyman just tries something like that, it gives Sammy hope in a later match. Because if Roman just runs over Sammy, that's kind of the end of Sammy versus Roman. But if, if Sammy gets close to winning, Roman cheats and then annihilates him, I think now you have a story that you can play four months down the line where Sammy tries to get his revenge. Not mad at that. So does Roman cheat? I'm, I'm okay with the, the cheating aspect, but no, uh, I'm all right if that's what turns the tide after the Luva kicks, like some real cheating, like low blow shit, and Sammy never gains momentum again. Um, I, I think what keeps Sammy strong is his ability to take the beating from all of them. So as they're beating the hell out of him, him defiantly getting back up every time, maybe a wave like, give me more, like you guys don't got shit on me, like he's waving them on, he's willing to take them one on three, and then it looks like Jay's helping him, blah, blah. Um. And I want to split the baby on both of you guys' predictions because there is still this idea, and I don't know if they're going to lean into it or not, that Jay is still conflicted with Roman, mm -hmm. right? There's a part of me that just wants, like, Jay goes in there, it's like, no question I'm smashing Sammy, right? Because it's like, what do you, what do you think? I'm going to turn to my family? But 
to Cole's point, as long as you keep that focus on Jimmy, you can still dangle the carrot that Jay and Roman have an issue. I don't want to drag that out too long and then like do the fake and hit Roman. I don't even want Jay to tease that. Somehow I want to make sure that the focus is that Jimmy's like, you're my brother. He ain't. And it's quick. Because I don't, I don't want the crowd to like wonder too much. Because we, we got to get to it. And I think we need to get to it. And again, like I keep saying, like if there's ever time for blood, it'd be now. Yep. Like if there was ever, and this people are gonna hate me for saying this. If there was ever a time for a chair shot to the head, it'd be now. Hundred percent. Like <laughs> it needs to be brutal and it needs to be quick. But I still want to keep that. There's there's still friction between Jay and Roman. But to Cole's point, Jay and Jimmy, he ain't never gonna let his brother down. No. So very curious. I, I like both of your ideas at a certain point, but I just. There's certain th- aspects of storytelling they got to dangle out there. My other thing is, I don't know exactly when Ro- like Kevin Owens makes a save because how do you save a- a- all them people beating the shit out of Sammy by yourself? You figure it out. That's tough. Cole, my last question to you. We'll get out of here. Do we see Cody Rhodes? D- does Cody and Kevin at some point make the save? Does Cody's music hit? Like if Dre's... Scenario plays out. KO comes out to help. He has everyone good, but he takes a spear from Roman. He clears three out of the four, and he takes a spear from Roman. Does Cody music hit? Do we see Cody standing uh, strong at the end instead of best friends? The only condition that I see Cody coming out at all is that they've decided that the WrestleMania main event's a triple threat. That's the only reason that I would see uh, Cody coming out here. I think, in my opinion, I think Cody's got to be as far away from this thing as possible and just, like, let this story kind of, like, this story needs to get to, not the end. This is by no means, and I think to everybody on wrestling Twitter, like, <laughs> there is, like people go into, like, fi- like everything is a finality. Wrestling is going to keep going here for years and years and years and years. And I see a pathway where we have Sammy Roman next year's Mania, 100%. Not saying that's going to happen. Could be earlier. Could be SummerSlam. My point being, this does not need to be the end of anything like completely final here at Elimination Chamber. What it can be is we get to the good stopping off point so that Roman can have his feud with Cody. We do that. And then we pick up whatever we need to pick up to get, um, you know, to get Sammy uh, going against Roman again. Because in my opinion... While the titles right now for Roman, obviously, are he's kind of synonymous with it. This feud has long gone past titles mattering within within them. Like this is personal. Sammy got in the way of the family and tried to fuck shit up. So, do you need the titles? No. If Roman got back the titles, by the way, do we ever consider that Roman could get another title run after he's done with it? If Cody does end up beating him, like there's a lot to play out here. So. I think Cody stays as far away uh, from this pay-per-view as he needs to because ultimately it's not really his story to tell. Yeah, I don't think Montreal would. They don't want to see Cody. They want to see Kevin. I think the same. Yeah, it's like Cody. I don't think Cody should show up. Yeah. yeah. Co- Cody is the American nightmare, not the Canadian nightmare. So, you know. Damn right, Cody. If, if Cody were to show up, he'd have to get nerfed, right? <laughs> like, like He would have to get brutalized because it needs to end with Sammy and Kevin. I, those are the only two people that should be in the ring at the end of that show. No, I agree. So that's, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. 
man, so much to talk about next week when we come back here. So we'll have UFC talk, we'll have some boxing talk as well next week. But the highlight will be recapping this. We'll have producer Cole Bebe in studio with us next Thursday where we'll talk through some of this as well. So maybe we split it up and, I don't know, we'll do like four short shows next week. Maybe we just do Elimination Chamber recap, just quick, short, and then do boxing, MMA, and uh, producer Cole Bebe, wrestling one, when he comes back. And then by then, we'll see what happens on Monday Night Raw. We'll see what happens on AEW's Go Home Show. And we can have a whole nother episode of wrestling in our pocket by the time Cole gets here. So a lot of podcasts coming at you guys next week. We appreciate you all. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Follow us across social media. It's doing big things out there. Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, YouTube, the movement's moving. Everything's up on all the platforms. We appreciate you all. Till next time, for myself, the old man Andreas Hale, producer Cole Bebe, we are out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.